0: Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or best steps in the past. I'm Tristan. And
1: I'm Greg. Back from holiday.
0: Welcome back, Greg. Back in body. Um, you know, the space-time continuum is a crazy thing. And, and while Greg was on the last episode, that was recorded in like a 70s. month ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, a month ago. Shit, shit's crazy, man. It is crazy. And then we have Petros from Caged In. Caged In, filled in. But you're back.
1: Thanks, Petros.
0: We're at week two of our Spooktacular, third annual Spooktacular, psychological edition. Come play with
1: us. Bit of a step change though, in that it was more like a movie with actors and
0: such, The Omen. (laughs) Yeah, the camera was much steadier.
1: Domino, a lot more um, choir music.
0: Yeah, a bit more choir, Mm. yeah. Yes.
1: (laughs) You could say it was the anti-Blair Witch in many ways.
0: Yeah, in many ways. We're back in the 70s, man. We haven't been here for a while. Um, But we have been here before. We have to this
1: exact 70 year,
0: 76. Yeah, big year. Um, We weren't alive, but.
1: Yeah, it actually was, huh? (laughs) It was actually a massive year, yeah. Yeah, I just assumed because it was before we were born that not much happened, you know. Exactly.
0: Take us back to the year, Greg, 76. What was happening? Oh, 76. Look, there was there
1: was world events, Tristan. Things were happening around the globe, um, yeah. contrary to our thoughts. <laughs> There's a couple of food trends maybe we'll call out. Oh, yeah? Um, I'll give you a top 10, shall we? Okay. I? Let's go. As per as per this list from the internet, got to quote your sources, Tristan. Yeah, a the is the internet. <laughs> nice. Speaking of sauce, number ten was zucchini bread. <laughs> I tricked you? It wasn't sauce. <laughs> Moving right along, the Watergate salad. Right. Uh, okay. So <laughs> maybe this was just a. This is, seems like a blatant cash in on the Watergate scandal.
0: Right, I mean, Big Salad is always always trying to exploit big cultural Isn't events it? like that. They
1: are. <laughs> I'm just trying to look for some ingredients here. Okay, let's move along. I mean, that's got nothing. Watergate Salad. Google it yourself, people. I'm not here to do everything for you. Uh, tab number eight is Tab Tristan. That's like some kind of soda. Is that right? Some kind of soft
0: drink? It's a cola. Yeah. <laughs> Just one tab. Is it made by Coke? I think, it might
1: be. Oh. I think it still exists technically. I'm sure there's people going, you idiot, I love Tab. It's my favorite thing in the world.
0: Well, I apologize, people. Oh, yeah, it was diet soda created and produced by the Coca-Cola company. Oh.
1: A little, um, a little market play there to sort of pick up the non-Coke drinkers with a little...
0: Yeah, don't worry, it's Tab.
1: It's all the same people, people. Mm. Um number seven, ooh, spam.
0: I had spam just the other night. Did you? My, my Korean army stew, yeah. Oh yeah. It's good.
1: I think I had some spam fried rice in, in Singapore on my trip.
0: It's good. It's got so much flavour. Packs a punch when you mix it in with stuff. I don't think I could eat it straight. Um, would you go spam burger, spam burger? Well you do if you do if you cut it this way, you do get three quarter pound burgers. Quarter pound burgers, yeah. Spam burger, right. spam burger. <laughs>
1: So if spam was in in '76, how much time did we have to wait before the spam burger was the trend?
0: <laughs> Man, that was a big moment for spam. I would love to see the boardroom meeting where they came up with spam burger. Spam burger.
1: The guy holds the can up and <laughs> yeah. just in the boardroom and just twists it.
0: <laughs> Insight. Like, what's he doing? If you cut it what's this way, doing? you get three. Qu- We're not selling spam, you guys. We're selling three quarter pound burgers. Reynolds, you crazy <laughs> bastard.
2: Oh, I see. You cut it this way, and it makes three quarter pound burgers. Mmm, that's a good deal. Spam burger, spamburger, spamburger, spamburger. Well, spam was made with ham, right? So really this is a hamburger. Get spam lunch meat or spam light, and you've got the spam burger.
1: It's
0: one great tasting
1: hamburger. It's a it's a it's a mindset shift. Yeah, it's a it's a big meal. Oh, here's one. Speaking of big salads. Yeah. Pasta
0: Primavera. What's that one? Primavera. Is it a red sauce?
1: Primavera. Well, I think it's a vegetable-based.
0: Right. Uh, that's why I don't like it.
1: Because I remember it was in Seinfeld, obviously. That's the papi. Uh, Yeah. That's why I said speaking of big salad.
0: Mm. You might
1: not have seen Seinfeld. I hadn't seen it until recently. Um, <laughs> but it's... Um, yeah, Papi makes a pasta primavera that gets him sick because he doesn't wash his hands when he plays with his doodle in the bathroom.
0: Yeah.
1: Um but I, I remember googling at the time—not googling. it, I must have googled it, but I couldn't have googled it then because I don't know if I had the internet. It's—it's like vegetables, so that's probably right. why you or, you or I have probably never had it and maybe never will.
0: It's—it's <laughs> it's probably delicious, but how could I order that when there's something with meat in it right next to it? Yeah,
1: yeah, or something is uh, clean and. Elegant as a limoni. E- elegant, there you go. There you go.
0: <laughs> I had a spaghetti limone last night. Is it limoni or limone? Limoni. Limoni. It I'm was telling. good. I'm doing the hands. That's what, you can't hear it though. You can't hear the hands. But it was good.
1: Excellent. Um, Jello salads.
0: Oh, man. I I've always these. been curious about those. Yeah. I
1: remember seeing images in, you know, I'd go through mum and dad's cookbooks um, in the mid-80s and there's probably some older ones in there in the mix and there'd be some weird shit like what we call it, jelly here, of course, but anyway.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: this is just a trip down kind of memory lane. Um, <laughs> hamburger Helper, was that like some sort of padding out
0: ingredient? I think so. I only know it from like – we don't have that in Australia, I don't think. Uh, but I've, I've seen it referred to in pop culture like on uh, South Park. <laughs> Why is Hamburger Helper in a glass of milk, Butters? I have no idea, sir. I'll tell you why. Our pantry is always kept organized alphabetically. But somebody put the Hamburger Helper where the Nestle Quick is supposed to go. Uh, I'm sorry, Dad. It's just I've been really preoccupied lately. See, there's these kids at school they went What keeps a family together, Butters? A well-organized pantry. It's
1: Betty Crocker. What a shocker. Box consists of dried carbohydrate with powdered seasoning.
0: And I don't think it's just for hamburgers. Yeah, it's just patted out flavor. Mm. Sounds gross. No offense.
1: Uh, deviled eggs. Well, you and I both don't mind a deviled egg. Yeah. You had one recently at a fancy upscale rest- eatery re-
0: restaurant. <laughs> did. it was all right. <laughs> I can't even remember actually. I was really it's excited like to curry. order
1: it. Is deviled egg like curried egg?
0: Kind of, but they take the yolk out and mix it with stuff and then put it back in. Mm, Yeah,
1: but with like mayonnaise and curry powder or something, isn't it?
0: And the devil's spices. Mm. Damien eggs. Yeah, well, we'll be talking more about
1: devils in this episode. So if you like devils. Yeah.
0: What happens when the deviled egg hatches?
1: And Mother mother was a chicken.
0: Notorious. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Number two, oh, here we go. We're getting into sweet territory here. Number two, crepes. crepes. I love a crepe. Who doesn't love a crepe? Tell me. I love a crepe. Tell me who.
0: I'm, ne- I'm near the crepe district. You are. What I used to call it because there were two crepe stores next to each other. I guess they were going for a, a district.
1: <laughs> I guess. Now but there's then, one. Yeah. Ah oh, well, that's uh it's hopefully the better one, right? Because g- couldn't compete. Uh, yeah. Uh, finally, number one, carrot cake. Carrot cake. Damn. It's still around. It blows my mind. Yeah, and I don't mind it. I like carrot cake, moist carrot cake. Anywho, that's the list, Tristan.
0: And what a list. I mean, as relevant today as it was in 1976. Ish. Almost. Maybe. I do like out a food the... trend list. Yeah, great. I, I really want to dive into the jello salad thing one day. Um, literally, literally, I would like to dive into <laughs> Jello Jelly. Yeah. Don't tell yeah. me you didn't think about that when you were a
1: kid. I used to sometimes stick my G.I. Joes in there. Oh, yeah. The lucky little bastards.
0: Anyway. <laughs> oh, well, big year for food, 76. And uh, mm. very legitimately a big year for movies, man. Yeah, Shit. It was. I'll go through the top ten. There was a little film called Rocky in number one, a little film called The Fly in number two. Mm-hmm. I think it's spelt – no, Two Fly, not The Fly. <laughs> I don't know what Two Fly is. Two Fly? Two Fly. Uh oh, sounds chairs, like a – Two Fly, Two Furious could be one of the prequels. Oh, yeah. Uh, King cool. Kong, number four, Midway. Number five, A Star is Born, one of the various be, iterations be, 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 be. of – Silver Streak, All the President's Men. What else have we got here? Number nine, The Enforcer, number ten – the Bad News Bears. Some of the, Most of these sound familiar. Number 12, The Pink Panther Strikes Again. Not a cartoon to the great disappointment of young Tristan. Um, Murder by Death. Taxi Driver, which we've covered before. Marathon Man, not to be confused with Running Man, which also confused the young Tristan. Um, mm. Carrie in 17, another evil little child. Or is she just misunderstood? Um, I did skip over one film Greg. A little film that came at a number 8, often Rocky. referred to as the first horror blockbuster. A little oh. film about a little boy named Damien. A little film called The Omen. Oh. Would you believe it, Greg? The Omen came out on the sixth day of the sixth month of 1976. Oh, that's marketing right there. Yeah. The film was ready two years earlier, but they're like, just trust me on this. Um, that's not true. That last part is not true. But yeah, good marketing, right? It's out on 666. Beautiful. We never saw such clever marketing until end of days in 1999. Oh. Where they posited a that what if the Sixers were upside down and it was 999 and we'll release a film on the ninth day of the ninth month in 1999. I can't remember if that was the release date on it but, yeah.
1: Let's say yes. I, um, I wonder if it was the same, the guy who came up with that was related to the spam guy because he just kind of flipped it and showed it to the boardroom.
0: True. I mean I think they call that the spam strategy. It's when you look mm. at an existing problem or asset from a different angle and, and shed new light on the challenge. Mm. Um, the spam the spam people know what they're doing Don't fuck with big spam You'll wake up dead mm-hmm. <laughs> So the Omen had a budget of 2.8 million dollars Very humble budget A gross box office of 60.9 million wow. Can I get a wow? Yeah wow. man, you sure can wow. I gotta keep going Keep going mm, you're testing me <laughs> It's been a while <laughs> uh, Rotten Tomatoes uh, critic score 84%, audience score 80%. Quite high for both. Um, critic consensus The Omen eschews, eschews, eschews. Yeah. I don't know how to eschews. say it in that context. The Omen eschews. eschews an excess of gore in favor of ramping up the suspense and creates an enduring, dread soaked horror classic along the way. Was hmm. this a big movie for you, Greg? Um, well, not exactly. It was sort of there-ish. Yeah. I've heard you say Gregory's peck a lot, so I sh- I thought this might be a big one.
1: Yeah, Gregory's peck um <laughs> was how my um well, Gregory peck is how my mother-in-law re- tried to learn my name cuz Greg's not a big name in
0: um ah, oh. Chinese or Singaporean. That's you know? cool. I just got a new name with my Korean in-laws. What was it? Greg. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> Chosu. Chosu? Chosu. Oh, yeah. Chosu, about. yeah. That's just my name in, in that household. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. I'll take it. I'll take it. Apparently, Chosu. it's like generic, the generic name. Like For Jack White and Devil? Jill. Yeah, White Devil. <laughs> um.
1: Yeah, so it was kind of, um, yeah, Gregory's Peck. It was it was kind of, I wouldn't say it was exorcist level of, you know, those legendary movies you hadn't seen that you're like, oh, the exorcist. But it, yeah. I knew of it. And then I first, I didn't first watch it until maybe I was like in my 20s or something. And yeah. I was like, ooh, that was good. Mm. More, I think I'd seen it more.
0: You hadn't seen this, had you? I had. I oh, wasn't sure if I you, had. Okay. I think like when we talked about it last time, I was like, is that the one with the sheet glass decapitation? And it was, as it turned out. Ah. So that was the one thing I remembered. And I think, I can't remember the exact context, but I remembered this just being on TV when I was still living with my mother. So it must have been like a teenager. And I think we just caught it on TV and I assume she gave me some context and we just kept watching it. Like during the, I feel like it was during the day or something and it was just one of those random things. Mm. And I got kind of sucked in like, oh, this is like cool. And I feel like it was pre-film student days. It was like – it was unusual for me to be watching this. It was like, huh, interesting. But I didn't remember much of it other than the decapitation, but um, get it into the rewatch. But in the rewatch, it all came flooding back. I was like, oh, yeah, of course, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was interesting in that sense. Um, But, yeah, not a huge one for me overall. Mm -hmm. Um, Definitely not. It was – big for that day and then I kind of forgot it existed. Um, but, you know, the, the, the idea of the Antichrist and Damien, mm. I guess, has always been present through culture. There's a South Park episode and some things we'll talk about later, I'm sure. So I guess conceptually it was kind of there all the time. Like it's kind of a big idea that has stuck around, but the film itself, not so much for me. Um, should we get into the origin story?
1: Yeah, please. Origin Story Yeah, thanks Oki <laughs> Hey, by the way, while I think of it Oki had a uh, Oki had a whinge about Us not knowing the plot Detail of Beverly Hills Cop 2 He's quite angry, he messaged me
0: Yeah, he messaged He messaged me too <laughs> Get over yeah, it mate just
1: chill We're just a couple <laughs> of guys Make your own podcast yeah. <laughs> he's sh- swearing right now
0: i hear from oki like every six months said it's usually some issue he has with the yeah. podcast
1: <laughs> a plot, a plot line we've missed
0: yeah or something food related um okay <laughs> this is uh not based on a book despite what you may think it is not based on a book called the omen and it's not based on a book called the bible either <laughs> um Apparently a lot of people think it's based on a book because the, the novelization of this book was really popular and oh. uh, I saw a Tarantino interview about it because Tarantino just did a novelization that I believe expands upon Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Or he's still working on it, I'm not sure. But he was referring to this as like one of the best novelizations of all time.
1: I thought maybe – I was thinking maybe people got confused with To Kill a Mockingbird, which is another Gregory
0: Peck movie. Yeah, it's got some Peck in Um, it. Yeah. Yeah. He's got the most familiar face and so does the other guy. And I just – and I go through the IMDb and I'm like, I haven't seen any of those films though. I guess it's just through osmosis. Um, More on that later. Continue. Yeah. Um, and it's not even really based on the Bible. I mean, it is, broadly speaking, but a lot of the things they reference are, are not real. Ah. Um, and I don't mean the Bible itself. That's, that's not me making a call on religion. I just mean literally not in the Bible. <laughs> okay, thanks, Ricky Gervais. <laughs> but, uh, but I was surprised to find that, yeah, like I was alluding to before, that thi- this is it, man. This is mm. the origin of Damien. Like I, I guess I didn't really, it makes sense, but I guess I never really... You know, like we said, this film wasn't huge for us, but we've seen a lot of similar types of stories unfold over the years, and this was this was the one, where it all started. Because uh, yeah, Damien, I don't think is in the Bible, right? I'm pretty sure he's not. No. Um, and in the Bible, Antichrist is not necessarily the son of the devil. Like they've yeah. made that up. Um, well, the the
1: the Damien thing. Uh, if you, if
0: you had asked me before
1: this pod week whether it was the origin of Damien in this film or or, or it was a you know something they just leveraged, I would have. It would have been a coin A co- toin yeah. <laughs> What if I told you? What if I told you that more toinkos. often than not, I say coin instead of
0: coin toss.
1: Mm, I should. That's why you. I avoid that phrase. Hey, Tristan, you. it would have been fifty-fifty.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Same man. I just thought it was like, I don't know, Frankenstein. Like it's just a thing that existed for ages, and then someone yeah, finally yeah. made a movie about it. Like an old, an old book, perhaps even a novella. oh but alas, that's it a good is point. not.
1: Maybe <laughs> uh,
0: this is great. Actually, I was watching the making of. Uh, it's pretty good. And um this guy named Bob Munga, Munga, Munga. I don't know. Bob. He's just a guy um, who who was a born again Christian. Who was friends with a film producer named Harvey Bernard. Or Bernhard, depending on your pronunciation. <laughs> he's back. Um it's spelled Bernhard.
1: <laughs>
0: Bernhard. Um, and apparently they it just came about in conversation. And this Bob Munger guy, he's great. He, I'll play a little clip here of him talking about it, but he's great. He's just like, and I thought, you know, what if there were what if it was alive right now? Oh, Bobby. I thought, gee. Uh, what if the
2: Antichrist was really alive right now and already walking this planet, he's just a little kid? It sent a chill through me when I, when I thought of it. Bob Munger, a born-again Christian uh, in a Hollywood uh, restaurant, he said, did you ever read the book of Revelations? I said, no. He said, what if the Antichrist came back as a little boy? I dropped the food, I walked out of the restaurant, I, I wrote 10 pages, I called David Seltzer, there was a, a writer strike on at the time, I paid him in advance, and he wrote, in four
0: weeks, he wrote The Omen.
1: So what did he do? Took the idea, turned it into 10 pages, and told the guy to turn it into 200 pages?
0: Yeah, Hollywood, baby. Hollywood. The old story by. This is yeah. why I could be Bob Munger. <laughs> I'm the I could be Bob Bunker. Give me a chance, Hollywood. Can I be other that ideas? can I be that
1: other guy that just like
0: writes ten pages? Writes ten
1: pages of your idea <laughs> and then gets someone else to write yeah. the movie. We do.
0: And then we just need a David Seltzer, who was that guy that ended up writing this movie. Uh but don't you love I love every time I watch these making ofs, now that I've watched a lot, because I watch them for most of the movies we do, and just the the hindsight filter that adds this this flavor to everything as if every possible moment of this production was profound, you know, like there's always that tone to it. Like we knew we were onto something special, like, but everyone thinks that when they're making something, surely anyway, that's enough, enough about making ups. Um, I just think it's hilarious. But, yeah, they got David Seltzer in there to write it from there. Um, and, you know, interestingly enough, he said it in England because he'd never been there before and always wanted to go. So he wrote the movie. The old Sandler strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, where should I go for my next holiday with my friends? Grown-ups too. <laughs> I respect that.
1: Hawaii. <laughs> Is that in Hawaii? He likes Hawaii. I don't know. I see. I've never
0: seen it. <laughs> True. Yeah.
1: Continue.
0: So he writes it, sets it in England. Um, And like I said, it's not actually based on anything explicit in the Bible. It it lifts some ideas, obviously. But even one quote that I initially wrote in my notes, which I thought was actually from the Bible, apparently he invented, they quote it in the movie as if it's from the book of Revelation or whatever. Mm. The relevant part of the Bible is where it says, the unholy one will rise from the eternal sea. Which they equate to the eternal sea of pol- politics for some reason. Anyway, apparently that's not a real quote. Unless it is, I don't know, I might be getting my wires crossed.
1: No challenge here.
0: And, you know, apparently the Antichrist isn't necessarily the devil's child in uh, in the Bible, but it makes sense. If he's the opposite of Christ, then son of God, son of devil. I mean, it tracks. Mm. So I don't know. Maybe it is true. Maybe they just connected some dots. Um, they get Richard Donner into direct... Ah, uh, which I thought this was our first Richard Donner film, and it is certainly not. We've done the goodies and Lethal Weapon, um, so it was the Doninator, the Doninator, Dick, Docker. dick Donner. They call him. Mm. Don's the Dick. <laughs> dick Donner. I'm the Dick Donner. From Richard Donner to Dick Donner is a significant tone shift. Um, <laughs> 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 uh. But he had a cool take on it. So I think, uh, which I didn't really think about when I was first watching it, but upon reflection, I think he does a pretty good job of, basically he was saying that he wasn't setting out to make a horror film at all. He was thinking of it more of a mystery suspense thriller and wanted to dial down any of the overt supernatural elements and Uh make it as real as possible. I've got a short clip of him talking about that here.
2: You give an actor the screenplay to read and he comes away and he says, how are you going to treat it? And you're going to say, well, I tell you, I want to treat this like a reality. I want to treat this like, like uh, I don't believe a woman was violated by a jackal and she gave birth to the devil's child, but I do believe that in somebody's life, we all say, this is the worst day of my life, this is the worst moments ever happened. Well, things happen and they accumulate and they can become, they can accrue to such a level that I think you lose control of your own mind. And uh, I think uh, uh, Lee Remick's character started to lose it very early. And and it brought out insecurities in Peck's character. Anything wrong? I just can't stand that noise. Well, it's not all that bad. Good morning, Damien. And when Gregory Peck said yes to this film, it validated the film.
0: That's pretty cool because I guess you, mm. this could have very easily just become like a B-movie mm-hmm. kind of thing. And um, the casting of Gregory Peck and such does, does give it some legitimacy and, yeah, his treatment of it, it's all very serious stuff. You mm. know, there's no, like, silliness to it at all, really. It's, it's pretty heavy. Mm. So he casts Gregory Peck, of course, but there were some pre
1: Oh, wasn't um, there just? And can I say... How nice it was to read yesteryear's precasties.
0: Yeah, it's something different, right? Yeah, it's so different. It's not Isn't Mel it? Gibson, George Clooney, um, Tom Hanks, Tom Cruise, <laughs> Jim Carrey. Yeah. Although Jim Carrey would be good in this. That, that, okay, that's a new
1: precast. As Miss, as Mrs. Berksdale or whatever, the nanny.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 Um, I only read a, a couple. I'm sure there may maybe even more. So let me know if you read others. But I read Roy Scheider, Charlton Heston, and James Brolin. Yeah, um, pretty much. I probably read the
1: same list. Um, yeah, that's about it.
0: Mm. Um, and one final bit of trivia. It was originally gonna be called The Antichrist, later it was gonna be called Birthmark. Uh, but it wasn't. It was called The Omen and Bish Bash Bosch, you got yourself a movie. Rap party at the Gatsby mansion. Rap party at the Gatsby. Let's play the trailer.
2: For generations, the Thorns have been a family of tremendous wealth, position, and power. The perfect marriage of Ambassador Robert Thorne and his wife Catherine was fulfilled by the birth of their son, Damien. And then, when the child was five years old, something terrible happened. then, it happened again. Was it an accident? Was it murder? Was it a coincidence? Or was it an omen? Look at me, Damien.
1: It's all for you.
2: 20th Century Fox presents a film of psychological suspense about an occurrence of earth-shaking importance. Gregory Peck. Lee Remick. The Omen. I was at the hospital, Mr. Thorne, the night your son was born. I saw its mother. I saw its mother. I have fears. I have fears. What kind of fears? Its mother, Mr. Thorne. It's saw my wife. Its mother. What is it you're trying to say? His mother was a... This is not a human child. Make no mistake. There are those who will die for him. There are those who will kill for him. Who is he? What does he want? Where did he come from? And can he be stopped? Gregory Peck. Remick, The Omen. No! If this is the truth, where does
1: it
0: end? What a trailer! What a trailer. Um, what, what actually went down in this movie, Greg?
1: Ah, oh, yeah, okay. Um, so we start with uh, a little innocent. White lie, teeny tiny. A <laughs> mission of detail. Um, About
0: a dead baby. <laughs>
1: a dead baby. <laughs> so, a husband, Gregory's Peck, learns that his mm. wife has lost the, their baby in childbirth. It's a very traumatic, awful event. Um, fortunately, mm. uh, us cinema goers are spared the modern trend of fetishizing female torture, and we don't witness this action but we are just presented with Gregory's Peck in the waiting room with a priest telling him uh, that the baby didn't make it. But he's offered another baby by this priest, Mm. a switcheroo, if you will. Uh, I have the baby for you. It's another baby. It's a good baby. You take the baby. (laughs) Um, One of our
0: specials.
1: It's just like a pasta limone. It comes with a caper. And a mark. Um, <laughs> so, rather than rejecting this fairly outrageous offer from this sinister-looking man he's never met, he thinks, "Ah, great, that'll do." This woman's been complaining about having a baby for ages. I'll give her what he want uh, what she wants, and you know she'll <laughs> uh, she'll be quiet, uh, which was the style at the time. Yeah. So. As I say, rather than consult her on this opportunity, he just presents her with that baby like it was theirs. No worries. What could possibly go wrong, Tristan? Yeah. And from there, we seem that they're, um, how do I say this? They're they're pretty lousy parents. Right. Um, they managed to lose their baby, or their toddler, Damien, while going for a simple stroll, which... Mm. Two parents, one kid, no crowds. It's pretty hard to do that. Um, mm. Baby can't run, but they just walked ahead of their baby and discussed their lives while their child, like, oh, are we missing something? <laughs> Did we have a baby? <laughs> Did we have a little baby? Yeah. Uh, sure enough, he was just frolicking by the the, the rapids. They're duds. Um, then they hire a series of awful nannies. Um with little to no vetting, the second one just rocks up with a piece of paper saying it's her resume. And they're like, Eh
0: I'm from You're the like, agency. Oh,
1: yeah, it'll do. <laughs> Rich people, Tristan. Am I right? So context is Yeah, they think they're getting Mary yeah, Poppins like, over oh, here. She'll do. Yeah, Mary yeah. Poppins, yes. There's a there's a similarity there. <laughs> um and the context is this guy's he's like the ambassador to the UK from the US. Uh, basically the world's cushiest job he gets a ton of money driver (laughs) big house parties no time for parenting though no no time for parenting I've got a party to run anywho so they're obviously over the novel idea of having this child they don't really want the child so they can start cooking up this story that the kid's the devil (laughs) with a view to use it as an excuse to kill the they child Tristan like it is cruising going to going to church oh the kid doesn't want to go to church he must be the devil
0: (laughs) I like this reading of the film you show me one
1: child that's pumped to get into church on a Sunday morning
0: and I'll show you a liar
1: they're all Damien's toddlers are Damien's Tristan anyway so uh, yeah, they basically set out to kill their child, and he doesn't have too much of a way about that because it's not his kid anyway. Uh, yeah. So then you know the poor kid naturally, the nanny's like, "Hang on, something's up here," so she's trying to defend the kid. Uh, <laughs> you got a you got a Roddy in there, man's best friend. You know the very loyal dogs; they sense evil. Yeah. They're on to the dad. They're right. trying to protect the dad. Uh oh, sorry, protect Damien right. from the dad. Hmm. And fortunately, Tristan justice prevails, and yeah, America's finest um, put a bunch of lead in him as he attempts to stab his child. Uh, <laughs> so you know, it's a it's a happy ending. Um, <laughs> but man, you know, it just shows what happens when, you know, parenting, you, you, you can't just step off. you got to like see it through. You can't make up stories about kid being the devil.
0: Yeah. A kid is not just for Christmas, you know, it's... it's That's right. That's it. That's the one. <laughs> it's like all those poor COVID dogs that I assume yeah, it's like are a, having bad times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. I do like that reading of the film greg, and that you' you've you've preempted one of my one of my uh main things, i guess, which is that it would have been interesting if the film did make it even more ambiguous as to whether this kid was actually evil, and mm. you could heighten oh, a lot yeah, of the i yeah. mean uh uh with with respect i i you had you did dial up some elements there to um to support your reading which but i think I'm with you. It would have been nice if they actually did dial those things up a bit more. Like, are these just the world's worst parents? Like, he's got no stability at home and he's acting out. Of course he is. Like, if there's a little bit more ambiguity, I think that would be really fun. (laughs) Like, is this a crazy person trying to kill his son or is this the devil's chat? It's it's fun. And I think think that's what... um, dick donna was was shooting for <laughs> and maybe that relative to the original script it kind of was that but yeah i feel like it is i don't think anyone leaves this movie except for greg leaves this movie going oh that kid wasn't the devil's son was he like it would be great if it was more evenly weighted like that that would be cool like total recall you know mm. get verhoeven in there he'll sort of that yes yes i should definitely watch a devil's now? chant Children are the devil. <laughs> they do devilish things. You know what the ultimate devil is? Other people's children. That's the message <laughs> on a plane.
1: <laughs> oh man, you should have seen Damien Lola <laughs> on the plane. We we took the we brought the we took the red eye home, <laughs> and she was in the peak of the dark sleep bit. Oh, that yeah. window of dark sleep bit before they turn the lights back on. She was sitting with Carol, and she like fell off a seat and just. Well, not fully. I don't know. She just woke up, basically, and just went nuclear. Nuclear. What are we talking? It was so dark.
0: Talking like crying or just acting crazy. Yeah, crying,
1: crying, and screaming. Yeah, wow, damn. Carol had to take her to the dunny to try and muffle it. (laughs) It was a solid ten minutes. Damn. But it was so dark that I don't think not many people would have known who who it was.
0: Ah, good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you need. Anyway. was continue. that How was the rewatch for you? Was it similar to that experience? Oh, um,
1: I liked the rewatch. Yeah. It was, um, yeah, it's a good movie. Mm. It's um, it's just a little bit, yeah, it's just a bit different, isn't it? Like there's, um, it wasn't as, I think it probably wasn't as good a movie as I remember it in right. my head. But I still really liked it. I don't know. I think i I think I had it up there with The Exorcist, but it's probably a bit below that. Yeah. Um, but I just really enjoyed it. I think it was there was good creepy moments like the the nanny hanging yourself comes out of nowhere.
0: Yeah. That was, uh, that was one of the first things I remembered where I was like, oh, yeah, this is the movie because I, I didn't remember anything surrounding it until that very moment and then I was like, this is it. This is the one. Yeah. It's all for you. Tristan. Oh, man. Yeah, that's fucked up. Yeah,
1: that was um. I enjoyed that. Well, when I say enjoyed it, that was creepy as like that kind of was a lingering scene. Yeah. Um. There's some good moments. The Roddies. Yeah. Um. But it was a was a nice addition, just having big angry Roddies cruising around.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's good. I like that.
1: The final scene when he comes back into well, the f- sort of final chapter when Gregory's Peck comes back into the house mm. to find him to kill him. Yeah, that's good. Good levels of suspense. I felt.
0: Yeah, I thought so too. I thought it was. I had keyword. I had as well was different. This was a different watch. Yeah, I guess for some obvious reasons, it's you know usually we're '80s and '90s, but even I don't know. I like how deadly serious it was. You know, to that mm. point before about not just being a B movie or anything. It's it's it takes it so deadly seriously. Like, I think a lot of more modern horror or at least like post scream horror it's so self aware that it's almost it almost feels like the whole thing's tongue in cheek but this was so serious yeah that it was it felt i don't know scarier i think even like the fact that it's old makes it seem a bit scarier or well scary is a strong word cuz i'm going to go back on that but but just the vibe of it yeah. It works <laughs> the way the kid is dressed yeah. and just the old timiness of it all. And yeah, I, I dig that.
1: Yeah. And having Gregory's peck in there, it's like, it's like us watching a remake with Daniel Day Lewis or yeah. someone that doesn't mess around.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because I was thinking, uh, I was listening to the Blank Check podcast. Um, as, as I often do.
1: With Griffin and David.
0: With Griffin and David. And they're doing a Kubrick series right now. They just did Doctor Strange Love. They were talking a lot about how what's really interesting about that film is a lot of people have tried to replicate that balance of that, that kind of satire where it's very dry and quite astute but also has this kind of slapstick to it. And they they were suggesting that maybe it's because it's treated so deadly serious And the fact that Kubrick himself is not necessarily a funny person. I I feel like there's something similar happening here where like, again, it's the director's not thinking of this as a horror movie, casting like really serious actors and the whole thing is so deadly serious. I think it's got a a similar magic happens Mm. like Leslie Nielsen in Naked Gun, like acting serious and not acting like the genre or something. I don't know. Mm. There's something about that because- there wasn't anything yeah. too over the top. Like it, it, it was just a bunch of horrible things that happened. <laughs> it's not very articulate, but you know what I mean. It,
1: it is. It is hard, Yeah. No, you're you're doing well. I, could, I was struggling to put my finger on it. Mm. So I think you've you've found some good territory there.
0: <laughs> I did realize as well that um, you know we did uh end of days recently. Thomas Aquinas. And I, I was like, mm. man, that's obviously that's that's a that's an antichrist story as well. And I was like, Are we going to get some Thomas Aquinas in here. But we didn't, we didn't get any Thomas Aquinas. But we had some Thomas Aquinas like characters, like the the priest was basically Thomas Aquinas, yeah. right?
1: Basically. Um I think there was a bit of a miss not having Thomas Aquinas himself. Yeah. Yeah. If I was to feed back to Dick and Peck.
0: <laughs> Dick and Peck. This is interesting. There's a theme here. Gregory's Peck Penis and his theme. Donna's dick. <laughs> uh, what was I gonna say? I wonder if this was scarier at the time. Because yeah, I guess that's of the main thing is while I enjoyed it, I I was I felt like intrigued and like you know, I enjoyed it on a yeah. level. I wasn't ever really scared. Some mm. some moments were intense. Like the Roddies at the at the cemetery and that kind of thing. Like it was intense. But there's mm. no there's no like imagery from this movie that would like spook me to go pee in the middle of the night or anything. That's that's usually my my scary movie ultimate test. Am I too scared to go pee in the middle of the night afterwards? Oh. And this one doesn't really have that, you know. Yeah. Um which is okay, but I do wonder not that I think of the 70s as like the peak of religion or anything, but just compared to now, it was definitely more Present, like I wonder, yep. A Catholic going to watch this is this the ultimate horror? I guess it might be.
1: Uh, well, I think uh, a friend of the show Fitzy commented some such in our um friends of the show chat, didn't he? Oh, uh, yeah, I think might have missed that. Yeah, just commented on being a catho back in the day. This was like a, Ooh.
0: yeah. Because I, I tried to look this up too, and I couldn't find it. Because when you search the Omen and the Bible, just a bunch of Bible stuff comes up. But someone did say in the making of that this sales for the Bible spiked. So this is, in some ways, branded content for the for the good book.
1: <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There you go.
0: <laughs> um, did you also hear about how this is perhaps a cursed movie? I did. Yeah. So some of these things, well, I'm going to read a few points. Some of them are legitimately really horrible things. Some of them sound pretty like meh. Yeah. And I don't want to trivialize any of it. But. But we're going to read through these things and I'm sure we're going to poke some holes. But, I mean, one of the obviously horrible things that happened was that Gregory Peck's son did die right before production began, like committed suicide, which is sheds a whole fucked up light on the whole film. And his role specifically
1: yeah it's an interesting choice of film to stick with, to
0: stick with right it's weird mm. uh, but beyond that lightning struck his plane when heading to London for the film um, same thing happened to one of the producers also struck by lightning and then David Seltzer the writer was barely missed by lightning but you know I read these things and I go maybe this is luck because you got struck by lightning and survived So, cursed or luck? Um, Another lucky one. One of the producers and his wife were staying at the Hilton Hotel that got blown up by the Irish Republican Army. They weren't there at the time. Very lucky. Another lucky one for the crew, not so much for the everyday people involved, but they'd planned to charter a plane to get some aerial shots but had to switch to the last minute due to a scheduling conflict. The original plane ended up crashing, killing everyone on it. Ah! And crashing into a car and killing... And then... Oh, and a zookeeper was killed by a lion. Again, I read these things off and it sounds trivial, but someone died, that's horrible. But, um... But that was... Yeah,
1: it was the zookeeper at the place where they filmed the the baboon scene.
0: The baboons, yeah. It's fucked up. Um, and then this one... I mean, this is crazy. I'm going to read this word for word because it's like, what the fuck? And... I have heard this, you know, referred to in a few different places, but all on the internet, so take this with a grain of salt, perhaps, but I'll read this out. Undeniably the most eerie and distressing occurrence to Plague the Omen was when special effects designer John Richardson was driving with his assistant Liz Moore in Holland while working on the film A Bridge Too Far when his car crashed Liz Moore was disturbingly beheaded in a manner that was chillingly similar to the death scene Richardson helped create special effects for in The Omen. Wait for it. More sinisterly, the crash occurred on Friday the 13th, and after crawling from the wrecked car, Richardson reportedly saw a Dutch road sign near the accident that read Omen, as in a place in Holland, that was 66.6 kilometers away. How about, how about that? Catch me outside. <laughs> That's fucked up, man. That's fucked up. Yeah. Man. Um, we've got a race against time, by the way, um, friends of the show. So we're this episode might be a little bit shorter than usual, but...
1: I have a third birthday to attend.
0: <laughs> yeah, Greg has a third birthday to attend, but Greg, I did find some other um, cursed productions. If you'll indulge me, um, Ooh. I'll, I'll hit I'll hit them quick. I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> okay, so there was a film called The Conqueror. Is that one where John Wayne played Genghis Khan in 1956? <laughs> um, of the 220 crew members. 91 developed cancer and 46 died of cancer, including director Dick Powell and John Wayne himself. Um, It it was filmed near a nuclear weapon testing site in Nevada. But here's the thing on that. Obviously, people died. That's terrible. But statistically, that's not that unusual, I don't think. Because I then looked up, like, what are the cancer statistics? And one in two people will get cancer in their lifetime, which is actually higher than the rate of the crew members from that film. So, I don't know. (laughs) I don't
1: know. You're debunking? Maybe they're lucky. Uh Maybe they're
0: lucky. One that was um, legitimately fucked up, uh, no question about it, Twilight Zone movie, directed by John Landis. Ah, Actor Vic Morrow and two child actors were killed Uh, and those child actors were working illegally as well because they're not supposed to work at night. There was a chase scene, and they're being chased by a helicopter. And one of the propellers fucked up, and the whole thing just crashed, I guess, into them, and they died instantly. Fucked up. Oh gosh, yeah. And then one more. There's there's a film that never got made called A Tuk. I don't know how to pronounce it. A T U uh, K. It's a comedy, fish out of water co- type of comedy. Screenplay was written. John Belushi read it, was in, died soon after. Uh, another comedian. A few years later, read it, died soon after. Oh. Sam, Sam Crinnison. It's like the ring. Yeah. The, and then the John sprint. Candy and then Chris Farley were also the next interested in that script. Whoa. Yeah, man. Uh, we don't have a scary button. Sorry. That was somewhere in between those two. Scary. Wow. Wow. That is scary,
1: man. Don't read a talk if you're an aspiring comedian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: don't um, do it. Don't do it. But, yeah, man, I don't know if I needed another reason to be scared of kids, you know? <laughs> <And> <laughs> 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 like, man, I've said this to you before and I think you've had some experiences, but, like, if I woke up in the middle of the night and my kid was just standing in the hallway perfectly oh, still yeah. i might hurt him and i think that i could defend that in court like <laughs> at what point I like to, does um, that become self-defense I like
1: to uh, reference uh, <laughs> damien versus peck
0: i think the same the with zombie apocalypse movies like you know how the people do pranks where they dress up as a zombie and go scare someone if you got shot in the head for doing that i almost feel like that's defensible at this point because it's basically what we've been mm. trained to do um, and you've been
1: in America for how long?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. From my cold, dead hands. That's what I put. I've got a bumper sticker now, but I don't have a car, so I just stick it on my fanny pack. Just put on your T-shirt. Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, yeah, nice.
0: <laughs> um, I think the – I guess the main thing that probably with this movie in terms of the rewatch that hit me, again, just in terms of like reading more about it but then also watching it, the legacy is pretty significant. Um While it wasn't the first scary child, I think it was the first official devil child, right? Because there was like... I think so. Because even The Exorcist, she was possessed, right? She wasn't like the devil. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And then, you know, then we got End of Days. We got... There was a movie called Little Evil. I don't know if you ever saw that on Netflix, which is like comedy horror based on this. And it's great because it's set now, but the kid is dressed exactly the same as Davey. It's pretty funny. Um. There's a a Damien TV series, there's South Park episodes. Um, Even I was reading an article that was suggesting that even like the franchise Final Destination is like a a descendant of this kind of film. Thinking of the decapitation and that kind of thing. I could see that. You know how it's all those elaborate ways of dying basically? Yeah, yeah. Um, Okay. You know, there's no single person – causing the deaths. It's just kind of mm. these crazy situations. So, yeah. I would love to see a new uh, Final Destination film with all practical effects like this. I want to see heads spinning.
1: Fake oh, heads spinning. yeah, in
0: slow-mo. Yeah, in slow-mo. <laughs> Multiple angles. Uh, anyway, we've got to keep moving. Let's get into the verdict, Greg. Hmm. I don't know what to say, really.
2: I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I'd like an answer the question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you waiting for? Ah! Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. Nothing further. Your Honor.
1: And that's all I have to say about
0: that okay so again we we've got a new uh, vaguely new structure to our verdict section but um at a high level would you say does the plot or any other core component of this film fundamentally break in the current day i don't think so i think it might have been scarier back in the day in a more religious environment mm. um but otherwise I don't know, it it almost works better now because it just feels like a period piece.
1: (laughs) It is, isn't it? Yeah. You'd expect them to, you know, crack out the jello salad or hamburger helper.
0: Yeah, hamburger helper. (laughs) FX test. (laughs) I mean, the head spinning is pretty rough, but it's effective. Mm. Hmm. Still something so visceral about practical effects that even if it looks fake, it just feels. Feels grosser or something somehow. I'll give it. I'll give it a pass. Mm. I'll give it a pass. Yeah, why, why not? not? Why not? Um, representation, Bechdel test and, and race Bechdel test. Um, I think it's a fail on both fronts. Um, certainly the latter. Um, cultural relevance? Did Simpsons do it? Yes, and South Park.
1: Ned, <laughs> stop! It must be killed. It bears the mark of the beast.
2: Sorry,
0: not that one What do we do? What do we do? Porn parody I didn't look up I don't like to look up the ones Where it's a movie about a kid (laughs) Um, Good choice Yeah, but you know For all the reasons we mentioned before Cultural relevance is through the roof Through the roof This has left a footprint This has left a legacy Um. But yeah, I don't know. Overall, is this a rewatch for you, Greg? It is.
1: It is. Mm. Um, I I have a. a I I just realised we've got to the end of the episode without my. I've left out a glaring omission of a, a confession in the in the in the religious theme. I have a confession to make. Oh yeah, I I missed the bit where the jackal was his mother. So wait, was that in there? Well, you know, they open up the grave and there's that little dog. Skeleton in there? Oh, yeah. That that was literally his mother. He was birthed by a jackal. Oh,
0: I didn't get that. Okay. I didn't get that. Oh, that's cool. Gets an extra point yeah. for me then.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's elaborated on number two.
0: Well, that's the other thing. There's a lot of sequels I didn't mm. realize. Sam Neill mm. is is in, is Damien in one of them. Um, there was a remake. I watched some of the remake and it seemed like a respectful remake but a poorly received one. I watched like the first 20 minutes and like some of it is almost shot for shot. Like this is all for you, Nanny Kills Herself stuff is all in there but I didn't uh, – Liv Schreiber. Yeah, yeah. And someone else. Who's, who is the other one? Is it um, Julia yeah, I'd Styles say, or something? Uh, what's her name? Very off the time. Yeah, Julia Styles. Uh It was 2006 so it was definitely Julia Styles. Um, I'd say definitely a rewatch. I think, uh, I think I like. I think overall, uh, this was a more fun rewatch than Blair Witch, for instance. Yeah, but probably even less scary in some ways. But I, I enjoyed. I don't know. Yeah, I enjoyed the experience more, and then the realization that this was the OG and all that kind of stuff. It just made it feel quite grand.
1: Yes, and Gregory's pack obviously heightens, elevates things. Um.
0: Yeah, is he your MVP?
1: Uh, oh, just quickly I wanted to touch on the soundtrack, sorry, uh, the score. Oh, uh, yeah, of course. My Oscar winning score by uh, um, the great Jerry Goldman. Jerry Goldman? Mm-hmm. Goldsmith. He won his uh, first and only Oscar. I think he'd had a bunch of noms for other stuff but – uh, it is one – I like a score but this isn't one that I'll be listening to outside of this film. It's a little, it's yeah, a little right. dark and ominous.
0: <laughs> it's scary, man. <laughs> I will not be listening to this with a shower speaker. No. Uh, MVPs? I'm going to give it to David Warner who I haven't mentioned until this point. <laughs> but,
1: uh, I'm going to give one to the Nanny and the Roddies Defenders of the yeah. Union. Oh,
0: good call. It was good,
1: Roddy's good yeah, Roddy action. I thought she was great, yeah, the nanny. Good. She, she. I find her very unsettling.
0: Yeah, agree. Yeah, she when was she good. killed just before she kills the wife,
1: she's like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that smile, she's fucked her up, and those seventies teeth.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, give me some seventies. Yeah, that gets you. I got seventies teeth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> me too. Uh. <laughs> All right. Well, until then. Oh well. Next week, what do we got? More the psychological shitting. horror. We got uh, the shitting. Yeah. Oh, I was watching it last Very night. Very excited for the shitting. <laughs> it's I really. So good. Oh, maybe I can convince Sarah to watch it tonight. It's so good. Because it's not scary. Scary. Well, kind of scary. Like for yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Anyway. Anywho. Yeah. I got to get to my godson's Anywho.
0: birthday. Yeah, you do that. Just watch out for the Rot Wheelers. I will. Hopefully, Carol's prepped the kids
1: and wrapped the present while I sit in here and talk about movies. Children,
0: children. Today is a very special day. No, my birthday isn't until Saturday. I'm not talking about your birthday, Eric. We have a new student joining our class today. Eh. Now, some of you know what it's like to be the new kid in town, so I want you all to take special care to make him feel welcome. I want you all to meet our new classmate. uh, What's your name again? Damien. Rectus. Dominus. Say hi to Damien. And where are you from, Damien?
2: The seventh layer of hell.
0: Oh, that's exciting. My mother was from Alabama. My
2: arrival connotes the end of the beginning. The beginning of the end. The new reign of my father. Your father?
0: The prince of darkness. Wow, we have royalty in our class. Why don't you take your seat, Damien? We're going to finish our lesson on great singers of the Baroque era.